Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. With me please in the Gospel of John to the sixth chapter. I appreciate your kind words you said to me, including what Brother Ward said. I'm not worthy of any of it, I promise you. But I'm glad God takes nothing and makes something out of it. In John chapter number 6, I want to read a few verses. You will find it very familiar, I'm sure. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the seat of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may take a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith to him, There is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in their place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to his disciples. And the disciples to them which were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remain over and above unto them that had eaten. This is the only parable that is in all four of the Gospels. And I preach from it quite often in meetings because it, there's so much here to preach at one time. But sometimes we forget 
what's in our Bibles. Amen. I'm always amazed and astonished the people that God uses. I'm, I'm talking about the Bible people. I ain't looking at the audience and saying that. But here's a little lad. I named him over the years, Jose Lito, little one. And I'm sure Jose Lito wanted to see Jesus do a miracle. That was his purpose of being there. I'm sure he begged his mama to let him go. And I'm sure many times she said, no, you're too small. You'll get in trouble, et cetera, et cetera. But finally she gave in. And she packed him a little lunch and told him, now you've got to be home before the sun goes down. And here he went off. Can you imagine a little lad without mama or daddy there in a crowd of men, 5,000? I believe there's over 10,000 people there. It takes at least one lady to keep me and you straight, men. So I believe that the number was a lot more than 5,000. But he asked Philip. You know, Philip was a deacon. If it's the same Philip, I think it is. If you go back to Acts chapter 6, you find where they appointed seven men to look after the welfare of the Ladies that had no husband. And Philip was one of them. Stephen was one of them. And you know what happened to Stephen. He was stoned to death. But here's Philip. And Jesus asked him a simple question. <laughs> Where are we going to buy bread to feed thee? Philip said, 200 penny worth is not sufficient. Did every one of them have a little? <laughs> you said, well, what do you see there, preacher? I see a person like me. If he would have, if I would have been there and God would have had to ask me that through Jesus, I would have been just like Philip. It's a money matter. The reason world, the world hasn't heard the beautiful story of Jesus Christ is not because of the lack of funds. Mark that down in your memory. Not because of that at all. Do you think God would tell somebody, his disciples, just before he left them, that after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, ye shall be witnesses? And he tells them in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most part of the earth. You think God tell them to do something like that? And they don't have the funds or whatever to do it with? I got news, my God's not confused. And he's not the author of confusion. There's no shortage of money. I promise you that. You say, well, it's short at my house. Well, sometimes we have more play purchases than we need. But he asked Philip to prove him. 
not to prove Philip to Jesus, but to prove Philip to Philip. We need to know what we are as Christians. We need to know how far would we go for the glory of God. We need to know that. We need to know how far can we reach out. How many can we win? How many can we sin? We need to know that. Amen. But there was, Andrew was there, Peter's brother. You don't find Andrew mentioned much in your Bible. But every time you do, guess what he's doing? He's bringing somebody to Jesus. He brought his brother to Jesus. Amen. My brother was here last night, my older brother, and I'm his pastor. And it took a while. Back when we was in Peru and we'd come home for what they call furlough. It ain't a furlough. It's a work you to death. I remember my first furlough, the last 30 days of that furlough, I preached every day somewhere. And it was a glorious sight to see the airplane and get on it and prop my feet up and take a deep breath because I was preached out. But Andrew says, there's a lad here. A little lad. And said, he's got a lunch. And he's got five of them big homemade cat head biscuits. He's got two shiners. But what are they amongst so many? They completely left Jesus out of it. They didn't have a solution and they didn't think he had one. But the Bible says, I just read it to you, he knew what he was going to do. When you wake up in the morning, he'll know what he's going to do. When you go to bed tonight, you hey, rest assured, God ain't looking for a reason or an excuse of any kind. He knows what he's going to do. America's in a mess, but God knows what he's going to do. The world's in a mess, but God knows what he's going to do. And churches are in a mess. But God knows what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on down. You're welcome here. Thank God. I serve a God that's never been surprised. Some people think they do something. I surprise God. Uh-uh. Honey, he was here before you got him. Amen. You're not going to surprise. You're not going to confuse him. He's not the author of confusion. Amen. He don't like confusion. And he can solve confusion if you let him. So there's two of his disciples that said, there's no way. Jesus didn't make an excuse or nothing like that. He said, uh, bring me 
the loaf and the two fishes. And God bowed. God bowed. I believe Jesus is God. I can't explain some of the scriptures. But why did God bow? He, oh my. But God bowed and thanked himself for the five loaves and two fishes. And then he said to them disciples, come in. Distributed amongst the people. Can you imagine? I imagine some of them whispered to each other, said, There ain't enough here. We're we going to give out. Every time we have a meeting, it stops and, and uh, we're fixing to have a fifth Sunday meeting. You're welcome to come. No, I ain't gonna take you away from, from your church. But uh, Brother Wesley, you'll be there, won't you? We got some good cooks. But they're always real careful. Preacher, sure we gonna have enough? And we always have food running over. Now the banana pudding usually gets missing. But I'm sure those disciples looked at each other when he said to distribute it. And they looked down and said, well, I still got some more. I got some more. I have questions. I want you to answer me one day. Wouldn't it have been more fitting, so to speak, to call down three or four angels rather than a bunch of doubting disciples. But he's trying to teach those disciples something and trying to teach me and you something. My job, your job, is to distribute the bread of life. You don't have to manufacture. You don't have to cook it. If you're saved, you got it. And it's our responsibility to distribute it to whoever's hungry. Amen. There are still people in this world that's hungry. Spiritually speaking. And one by one, they went to every person there and gave them some bread and fishes. Give you four things and we'll get out of here. The disciples wanted to send them away. You'll find that in Matthew's gospel, the 14th chapter, the 15th verse. They told Jesus, send them away. 
I'm afraid too many times, too many churches, too many so-called Christians says some of them away. Got no place here. Got no place. Here a few weeks ago, maybe it's been months, after I got through preaching Sunday morning and gave the invitation, a black lady and her teenage boy come down the aisle. I could run if I get down there. And they want to be a member of the church, of course. And I talked with them. And they asked Jesus to come into their life. And I baptized them. Y'all didn't hear about it? Whosoever includes you, Marvin, as much as it does me. God help us. There's still some hungry people. You've thrilled my soul Sunday morning when those bus kids got up and walked out of here, Brother Steve. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mercy. Send them away. This church is not going to do that. I know that. But they are churches don't want, don't want certain people. Because they speak a language that you don't understand, maybe. Or the color of their hair is different. Or the color of their skin is different. I'm glad I got some Latinos in the church I pastor. I'm glad I've got some black people there. And they're no more important or no worse. It's God's house. I give my money there. What little bit I give. Because I want to reach everybody. Amen. The disciple says, send them away. Get rid of them. There's no place for them here. I remember when we was in the other building and I was pastor, and probably Brother Steve was already saved by that time, I'm assuming. And uh, one of the men in the church, we had a bus ministry. Brother Steve worked on it. And some other people worked on it. And uh, one of the members that was a headache to me come to me after service one Sunday morning. We didn't have a children's church or anything like that then. And he said, you need to get them young'uns out of here. 
I said, why? They got their hands all over the wall. I said, well, I got a, a bucket of paint out there and a brush. You can solve that. It was time for him to go home. Disciples wanted to send him away. Philip thought it, it was a money problem. And Jesus could have turned the sand into gold. It wasn't a money problem. It was a matter somebody didn't want to believe what he's going to do. The matter he didn't have, they hadn't have faith in their Lord and their master to feed. He could have fed a million. Amen. So Philip thought it was a money problem. If you've never been a missionary, you need to be one. And have to go from church to church. And ask for help financially so you might go to where God's called you to. I've told them it stopped. If God calls a young man in our church or an older man to do mission work, he's not going to drive one mile. That's our young'un. We're going to take care of it. I've got four wonderful children. They're grown now. But what if I told one of those boys or girls of ours, you just have to go everywhere and try to get as much as you need. I can't handle it. What happened to God? What happened to God? We say we believe him. Let him perform a miracle. Amen. I got to hurry. Andrew found a, a little lad. Five loaves, two small fishes. But Andrew made this statement. How, how, that's not enough that everyone can take a little. God's not interested. And you having a little bit of Jesus. God wants you to have the full load. Amen. What's wrong with a lot of churches? They got just enough to aggravate them rather than bless them. Well, I would be there, preacher, but. Uh, uh, let me share one more thing about that little boy's lunch. He had five loaves. And he had two fishes. If you add those together, it's seven. The number seven in your Bible is a number of completion. A number of perfection. Little did the Lord, little boy know, or little did the disciples know, the lad had the perfect lunch. He had sufficient to take care of the crowd. Amen. 
Amen. Thank God. I, I ride around, born and raised at Stockton, and I've been here, except spending those years in South America, Mexico, and around. But uh, I, I, it amazes me what some churches put on their marquees. The one I, you're laughing, you know what I'm going to say. One that just, I shake my head at. Full gospel. Now who would want half of it? <laughs> my Lord. That's like a banana pudding. Who wants to have half a banana pudding? Nobody. Want to indulge in it? Want to eat it? But they had the perfect, perfect meal. God's got the perfect meal for me every day. He's got the perfect meal for you every day. He knows. Need, he need, He knows what I need to eat tomorrow, spiritually speaking. He knows what I'm going to face. He knows what I need to say. To a troubled heart, a broken heart. Amen. He knows. And he'll lead you, if you let him, he'll lead you into some scripture that when the time comes for you to help somebody, you'll be right ready. You'll have your gun cocked. Amen. You'll be ready to help that person. Amen and amen and amen. God help us. Amen. So it's not a money problem. Jesus had the, the right stuff. Amen. I'm glad I'm serving a God like that. That he knows what Stockton Baptist Church needs. And I've asked him and do ask him and pray about it. God, now, what's our next step? We have vacation Bible school every year, just like y'all do. And we always challenge the young boys and young girls to we'll pick a project. It's always a mission project. We'll pick a project for them and ask them to bring their offerings, their piggy banks or whatever, and we'll get it all together and we'll go for that problem. Well, it's been two years. We give them we give them a project. We found out there's a pastor, preacher, in, right outside of Buenos Aires that these people don't have a building. They don't have a building to worship in. And I presented it to them, boys and girls, let's build a church. Preacher, you crazy? Yep. 
I've been told that more than once. And I said, we're going to take the Sunday school, I mean the vacation Bible school offering. And then every Sunday in children's church, you give more. And they support a missionary beside this Buenos Aires deal. Kids will give. They're not stingy. They brought big old oh, piggy banks and stuff, and I get tickled at them every Sunday as we dismiss them from the auditorium to go to children's church. There they are at daddy. Or grandpa. They ain't going out there without an offer. We just about got it built. We got the first, first story complete. Then I found out more about the missionary. He's an Argentina man, born and raised there. And I had my son-in-law to ask him, it was Christmas was coming up. I said, ask him what, his, what he needs, him and his family. He's got a wife and two or three kids. Four? Three. That's my interpreter. We used to call them interrupters. But he through Shannon, my son-in-law, let us know that they would love to have a real mattress to sleep on. Man, God got a hold of me. And I said, these three beds in your house, Carl, and two of them is hardly ever used. And here's a man of God that is much a man of God as I am or you are or anybody else is sleeping on the floor with, oh God. I told the kids about it. And I told the church about it. I said, it's not right for me and you to sleep on a good bed and a man of God have to sleep on the floor more or less. It's not right. Well, people got stirred up about it, which I'm thankful for. We bought them a, I mean, a nice mattress. She didn't have a kitchen. I mean, she had a kitchen, but she didn't have a sink. She's got a sink now. Didn't have a refrigerator. It's a fish. Got one now. Said, what else y'all gonna do? Oh, we don't take care of gringos. We just... <laughs> Y'all don't know what a gringo is? Well, you don't need to know. 
We have the money. Amen. There's no shortage of money. Well, I already give so and so and so and so. Not a matter how much you give. My question is how much you have left over. Whoops. I have no greater joy than helping a missionary. No greater joy. You say, well, preacher, does it pay to give? They finished eating. And it says when they was all filled, not they took a little, they was all filled. You know how you know when you're full, right? You don't? It's when you can chew, but you can't swallow. You're full. When they was all filled, they didn't get it, God. When they was all filled, Jesus said, okay, take up the fragments. Let nothing be left over. Take them up. The disciples went out there. Filled 12 basketfuls. Now we started out with five little, five loaves and two little fishes. Now we got 12 baskets. You said, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it pays to give. I'm saying if you ask God what to do and then do it, you're going to be blessed. You can take that to the bank. Amen. And I can't say it in public like this, but I could tell you. It works. It works. Big time. Just a lad, Bob Gray preached it. This was his outline. Just a lad, just a little, and just the Lord. That's, it doesn't take somebody with a PhD, and there's nothing wrong with a PhD. If you have one, get one, get it. But it does not take somebody highly educated to help people come to Jesus. That little lad probably had never seen a Bible, never seen a verse. But like little children, I got a lunch. And he gave every bit of it. God help us. God's good, folks. Me and my wife, one of the best things ever happened to us was start doing mission work. Because normally a church takes care of the pastor. They do. And I'm thankful they do. And I'm thankful every penny has ever been given. <laughs> when I was a pastor, and still am a pastor, that's given to me. I don't take it for granted. When I got called to preach, I might have weighed 160 pounds. 
How much you weigh now? Oh, a little over 100 kilos. God's been good. But God taught me and that woman how to live by faith. Because you have no salary. You've got people's word that I'll send you so much a month. That'll keep you humble. That'll keep you looking to God. You say, well, where did them 12 baskets go? Who gave the biscuits? Who gave the biscuits? The little boy. It wouldn't be right to give it to anybody else. When you get home, read Luke 6, what is it, 38. Give and it shall be given to you. It works that way. Amen. Well, I can stay here all night on that. I'm, I'm through, brother. 